Oui. <laughs> Anybody like to go fishing? Anybody don't like it? <laughs> Some of you sit there and you're like, man, I'm, I'm bored spitless, and that's fine. We all have different tastes. You know, I can say that I've, I've had some fishing trips that I just loved, and there's been some fishing trips that I was like, man, I just wasted three hours of my day. But uh, it just depends. Depends on where you go, what you're doing, who you're with, all those good things, right? Um, but if you've ever been fishing, then you'll definitely be able to relate to this series for the next few weeks. And the series is called Hooked. And we're going to talk about fishing but not about fishing for fish. <laughs> I'm sure I will tell you some fish stories, and we're going to talk about things related to fishing, like fishermen, nets, the wide open sea. But last week, you know, I told you that each series that I am doing this year, we're going to fit into at least one of our core values. And this series uh, is going to fit into four different values that we have. The, the values of discipleship, reaching multiple generations, church of all nations, and ministry involvement, and I believe that by the end of this series, you will get a better understanding of each of these values. So let's take a look at today's message. So during Jesus' time, fishing was a very common and important activity. In fact, many of the original disciples were fishermen. Many of Jesus' parables involve fishing, and the area around the Sea of Galilee was where Jesus did the majority of his earthly ministry. Fishing, if you read throughout the New Testament, you'll see that it was an integral piece of the New Testament life. And learning to become fishers of men was an integral piece of New Testament discipleship. And unless you've never been fishing before or never seen a bass fishing tournament on ESPN, you know that fishing requires patience, skill, mental and physical strength, a willingness to get your hands dirty, and of course, the right tools. Speaking of getting your hands dirty, when we went deep sea fishing this past summer, they had us, they had cut up squid, and you could see the little tentacles that you would, and they would make you bait your own hook. So we definitely got our hands dirty. But if you think about it, Fishing sounds a lot like ministry. And maybe that's why Jesus made the connection in the Gospels. Maybe that is why the metaphors and parables still hold so much value for us today. Is even though we're thousands of miles and hundreds of years apart from the original disciples and their communities. When, when uh, most of us think about fishing... We think about one kind of fishing, right? We, we go to the pond, lake, or the river. We usually grab our gear. We'll grab a pole that already has a hook, weight, bobber on it. We'll grab our tackle box in case something happens while we're out there. And then you usually have some sort of bait, whether it's artificial bait or some kind of live bait. But this is not the type of fishing that Jesus is talking about in our text today. Jesus is talking about net fishing. So what is net fishing? Net fishing is a practice of throwing a large net into the water, either from the shore or from a boat, and they would scoop up as many fish as possible in the net 
as you pile it up. And so if you have your Bible with, with you today, go to the book of Matthew. I want to read from chapter 13, and I'll begin at verse 47. Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read several past, just several uh, verses, but um, I'm going to start at verse 47. So Matthew 13, verse 47. And he says this, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. That's important. I want you to, I want you to understand. He said all kinds of of fish. They weren't fishing for just one type of fish, all kinds of fish. Verse 48, when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. So think about this. Jesus refers to the kingdom of God to a net here. And when he says this, he's referring to the type of net that I described. But to be even more specific, in this passage, he uses the word sagene, S-A-G-E-N-E, which describes a large drag net. And this type of net was dragged over the bottom of the sea with the ends of the net drawn in together, trapping everything inside and once full the net would be pulled to shore or on board the fishing boat so in Jesus's example the kingdom of heaven is like a drag net and that the kingdom is spread wide and lowered over the earth now some versions like ours says let down into the lake and other versions say cast or thrown into the sea and either way it means the same thing and instead of using a singular line or spear to catch fish, which would be more precise, the net was simply thrown or lowered into the water. And these people were professionals for the most part. They knew where the best spots were. They would try to know their, their, uh, throw their nets in those directions. And the main idea of this was so that the net would engulf anything in its path. You ever, now I've heard people, I've never used one, and I wouldn't even know how to use one, but I've heard people that go looking for getting their own bait. They would, it's a shad net, you know, you throw it into the shallow end and you could scoop it up and you'd have your minnows, you know. And so this was a much, much bigger scale. And they were trying to get all the fish that they could, because they were commercial fishermen. And they would try to get all the fish that they could get because then that's how they would uh, supply their business. That they would go to the market. They would sell these fish. They would, you know, and that was their job. Or they would sell to probably maybe some restaurants back then, you know, uh, markets, different places. And they would sell these fish. And the sea or the lake mentioned here, it represents the earth. And then even more precisely represents humanity. The body of water is representative of all the people in the world. A very familiar passage of Scripture that we all know is John 3.16. And it's very important to what we're talking about here, very important for us to understand. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, 
but have eternal life. And that's why the net is so important. God isn't just wanting a certain kind of trout or snapper. He wants all different kinds of fish. God sent Jesus to redeem the whole world. The Father lowered the gospel net of salvation over the sea, and the net is gathering up anything and everything in its path. Revelation chapter 7 Verse 9 says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. You see, we read here that God's kingdom is going to be full of every type of person from every nation, from every tribe, from every people group, from every language. We're going to all be standing around the throne singing praises to God. Amen? And that's why Jesus had to use a net for illustration, not just a pole. Because when you're dragging a net, you're collecting Everything that the sea has to offer, every kind of species gets caught in the net. And that is what heaven will be like, an uncountable multitude, every tribe, nation, people, and language standing before the throne, ready to worship. Isn't that a beautiful representation? Can you just imagine every race? You know, there won't be any racism in heaven, amen? There won't be any hatred in heaven. There won't be any color. We won't even think because we'll all be there together serving the same purpose, serving the same God, worshiping God. It's a beautiful representation. The kingdom, like a dragnet, is gathering up all kinds of people, the righteous, the unrighteous, and everyone in between, and eventually it all has to get sorted out. You ever watch that show, The Deadliest Catch? It's a pretty cool show, isn't it? They're out there in the Alaskan waters, those rough waters, and they have those big crab baskets that they throw out, and then they bring them back in, and What do they do after they bring in those baskets? They have to throw back what's not legal, right? If it's not if it's not supposed to be there, they have to get rid of it. This past summer, when we went on this trip to Destin with the Royal Rangers, you know, one of the events that we did was we went out into the Gulf and we went deep sea fishing. They would drive us two hours out into the Gulf of Mexico. We would fish for two hours and then we would drive or we would ride uh, back in a boat back. And during those two hours of fishing, we were only allowed to keep certain types of fish. It was kind of an interesting sight because around this boat, I don't know how big it was. It was probably, I don't know, 34, 40 foot, I don't know, or maybe bigger than that. It was big. And uh, there was poles lined up all the way around the front of that, all the way to the other side. And there was probably, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 of us fishing on that boat and as we're sitting there in in as we're in one spot and we would all drop our poles and the basically what we were supposed to do is we'd drop our poles and go all the way down and then 
Then as soon as it got down, you waited about two or three seconds, you started rolling it back up, and you'd see what you had. That was pretty much the gist of it. And sure enough, man, I mean, you, we were all, everybody, we'd, hey, you got to fish on, got to fish I mean, everybody. So we had, there was about five or six deckhands just running around trying to make sure that we all did the right thing. Was it, too, was it the right length? You know, was it the right type of fish? Was, was it legal? Was it not legal? And you know what they did if it wasn't legal? They threw it back out because you couldn't keep it. They threw it out. They had to get rid of it. Another way that I can best describe what Jesus is talking about here, if you don't like fishing, think of it like this. I would guess probably all of us have that one drawer at home. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody just says, uh-huh. You know, that one drawer, if you got something, you got extra screws, what do I do with that? I'll put it in the drawer. You know, and next thing you know, about five, six, seven years down the road, you start looking at this drawer and you go, I really need to go through this. Now, how many of you just shut the door and move on, you know, shut the drawer and move on? But some of you will take that drawer out and you will set it down. You might even dump the contents out on the table or something. And then what do you do? You start going through it, right? You sift through what you want and what you don't want, right? I mean, so I believe that either you can understand the fishing analogy or you can understand this analogy, but it's all the same. You're getting rid of what doesn't belong. You create a keep pile and a throwaway pile. You're getting rid of the bad junk and you're keeping the good stuff. The lesson's the same. There's going to come a time in history when the contents of the kingdom net needs to be sorted out. Look at verses 49 and 50 of our text in Matthew 13. He says, this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what Jesus describes is a harsh reality for those who don't believe. But it's also a wake-up call to those of us who do believe we still have time. Amen? And as long, as long as we're all in the net together, we still have time to share the gospel with those around us. We still have time to pray and seek salvation in our families, our neighbors, our co-workers, strangers that we meet at the coffee shop, and so on. But there will come a time when the final trumpet blasts and the end of age comes when there won't be any time left. And when this happens, it will be time for sorting, and that job is up to God, the chief fisherman, the divine creator of the cosmos. We have a job to do, amen? We're all in this net together, amen? And so it's up to us, the believers, to make sure that the unbelievers know who Jesus is. So I want to make sure that you understand that we're all in this together. Not just us in this church, but our neighbors as well, amen? 
And we have to take the time to tell everyone about Jesus. We have to show people that we care for their soul. We have to show them that God loves them and wants the best for them. We have this information and we have to share it before it is too late. It's what our job is. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are to join God in spreading the kingdom net by sharing the good news of Jesus. Our job is, to not, is, to not, is not to only offer the kingdom to people that we see as worthy. Our job is to offer it to as many as possible and let God deal with sorting it all out in the end. That's God's job, sorting it all out, amen? He will be faithful in doing his part We just have to worry about doing our part. So the question today is, will you do your part? You know, this week, that's what I want you to think about. As you go throughout your week, I want you to think about this. How can you participate in spreading the kingdom net? That's a big net, right? Each of us have to do our part. At the beginning of this message, I shared with you some things that fishing takes, and I said that it requires patience, it requires some skill, it requires some mental and physical strength, a willingness to get your hands dirty, it requires the right tools. Now, how many of you remember the first time you ever went fishing? I remember being a kid, I don't remember the exact first time, because we went fishing quite a bit. My grandmother loved to go fishing. We may not catch anything, but she loved to go out there and just sit. Now, as a kid, I would always want to go with her. And then after about an hour, I'm ready to go home. Anybody else with me? But she could sit out there for hours. And then I thought it was really cool when they finally got a boat, and it was like, oh, can we take the boat out? And I thought that would be more fun. And I realized, no, you're still just sitting there for a few hours, you know. But every once in a while, you'd find that honey hole. You know what I'm talking about? You'd find the place where fish would go, and they would... They would spawn, and they would just be a whole bunch of them. You could just throw your hook in there, and it was like, I remember one time when I was, a, when I was in high school, me and two buddies of mine, we'd go fishing every single day. And we found, not too far from, uh, we found on, on Lake Dardanelle there, I grew up in Russellville, we found this place that was kind of like a little bay area that, you, that we would park on the side of the road, and we'd walk over to it, and we found that we could go and pull out the brim like crazy. And we would literally go to that spot every single day and we'd catch anywhere from 50 to 100 brim every day. I'm not, this is not one of those fish stories, I'm telling you, man. And these were decent sized brim and, and, and we got so many brim that we got tired of catching them. It was so much. But we could go there literally just about any time we'd say, hey, let's go fishing. And we'd go and we'd go fishing and we'd catch 50 to 100 and bring them home. And it was getting to where they were so hungry, they were biting so much that you could throw a hook in with nothing on it and they would bite it. Uh, it was just, it was one of those great spots. And, you, and you're like, you know, that's a, that's a fun time, right? That's a time that we enjoy. Can I tell you that it's not always going to be roses? It's not always going to be great times when you're in this kingdom net trying to win the lost. It's not always going to be something easy. It's not always going to be something that you always want to do. There are going to be times that you get tired, you're going to get restless, and you're going to want to give up. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus says, I am going to walk with you each and every step of the way. And he's there with you to help you in doing so. 
But you know, it takes some patience. It takes some skill. It takes some mental, physical strength, a willingness to get your hands dirty. And it takes the right tools. So just like fishing, doing our part in this kingdom net, it's going to require patience. So where do you need to exercise more patience? I'm not telling you to pray for patience. You ever done that? Boy, I have. Everything comes your way to test your patience, does it not? What's God doing? He's building us up. He's strengthening us. He's trying to help us in those areas. But there are going to be times that, you know, we have to ask, where do I need to exercise more patience? Our part in this kingdom net, it's going to require skill. And some of you say, well, I'm just not adequate in this in this part. I don't have the skills that I need. So my question is, how can you grow your skills in sharing with others? A great way is to get in the Word more. Now let me tell you something. Wednesday nights, if you're not coming on Wednesday nights, you need to be here. You need to be here. this Because you're going to grow in the Word of God. You're going to grow. We're getting teaching and, and that, that's building us up. But you need to ask yourself, how can I grow my skills in sharing with others? You know, our part in this kingdom net is going to require mental and physical strength. So we definitely need to pray and ask God to increase our mental and physical strength ability. Amen? That's something we need to do. Our part in this kingdom net is going to require us to get our hands dirty. <laughs> Amen? We have to humble ourselves. We have to get in there. We have to get our hands dirty and serving other people. Can I tell you that when you deal with people that don't know Jesus, it's not always going to be clean? It's not always going to be a clean job? Can I tell you that sin is not a clean job? Sin is dirty and gross and it's nasty. And a lot of times the people that are living in that lifestyle are going to be dirty and nasty and gross. But when we show them the love of Jesus, I've seen people that have changed their life that are no longer dirty and nasty and gross, but they have come to Jesus and they love Jesus. And there's a change that comes over people. It's unbelievable. They want to live differently. They want to act differently. They want to do differently. Why? Because there was a change that took place in their life. We may have to get our hands dirty. And our part in this kingdom net is going to require us to get the right tools. Amen? How many of you have tried to, uh, let's say, I just changed out our um, shower head in our bathroom. And if I went in there with a screwdriver, you know what? It wouldn't work. It just wouldn't. You know why? There's no screws on it. It requires me. Matter of fact, this was kind of cool. They actually gave me a tool that fit. <laughs> you know, those little thin, you ever put something together and they give you that little thin wrench looking thing? You know? And uh, so that's what they gave me. And it worked. It worked pretty good, you know? So it was kind of nice that I, they gave me the right tool to make sure I didn't fail at this job. But if we try to put something together and we don't have the right tools, what happens? We fail miserably, amen? Now, my wife's told this story numerous times, and she doesn't like me to plumb anything in our house. 
But I got this wild hair one night when we lived in our old house in Van Buren. I got this wild hair one night that I decided that I wanted to change the faucet. It was about 1 a.m., nine degrees outside. And I thought, well, all you got to do is take this thing off, put this one in, and that's it. Dummy, and he turned the water off first. So I sat there, and I unscrewed everything, and I pull it out, and all of a sudden, water just starts, and the tub starts filling up. And, I, and I, you know how you ever panic? Anybody ever get that panic look in your eyes like, oh, no, what have I just done? You know? And that tub is filling up. It's filling up faster than it can drain. And I go get bucket, and I start getting bucket, taking it out, going, I don't know what to do. My wife's like, go turn the water off. Well, we didn't realize we had a shutoff valve in our uh, uh, closet. So we go out to the deal, trying to get, it's fro- the ground's frozen solid. We're trying to, you know, get the dirt off of the meter to turn off the water. So needless to say, a, a police officer drove by it. Oh, she called a police officer. He was in the area. Yeah, can you imagine getting that phone call at night? I'm sure she said her thing, and my stupid husband decided to change the faucet at 1 o'clock in the morning. Needless to say, everything was okay. We got it all fixed. We got it all worked out. But, man, there for about, I don't know, 30 seconds or however long it took to panic, because I'm telling you, there was panic going on. Uh, it took me real quick to realize I done messed up. So if I can tell you this, if you've got the wrong tools, You're not going to do the job right. Amen? And so our part in this kingdom net, it's going to require us to get the right tools. Amen? And if you need to spend a little extra money to get some better tools for the journey, then I want to encourage you to do so. We've got to make sure that we have the right tools so that we can do what God has called us to do. So you say, well, what's the right tools? It might be a few more study things. It might be some money just to take someone out. It might be, you know, to go and, and, and to minister to somebody by, by taking care of a bill or whatever it may be. I don't know. The possibilities could be endless with what God's going to use you to do. The key is we have to be obedient when we're in this kingdom net to do what God's called us to do. Amen? We have to listen to what God's telling us to be able to fulfill all that he is requiring us to do. Every one of you You all have a part to do in the kingdom net. So let's come together. I want us to pray for one another this morning, that we do our part. Matter of fact, can we go ahead and stand all over this place? And I want us just to pray for one another. If we can stretch across the aisles, if you want to... If you want to get in, you know, pods of three or four or whatever, but I want us to come together as a church and I want us to lay, you know, pray for one another and believe that we're going to do the job that God wants us to do. Amen. Can we do that? Can we join with one another? Can we, can we join in groups and, and let's just pray together and let's just believe that God is going to do a mighty work for his kingdom. Let's pray. Hallelujah. God, I pray for every family. 
For every person that's here, God, everybody that's in this place, God, I pray that you would touch them, that you would move in them, that you would do a work in their heart and their life, God. I pray that those that are here, that, that, that this may be their first time, God, if this is the place that you've brought them to, that you've called them to, God, you know, God, I pray that you give them the answers, the, the desire that they need to, to do your work, God. If they've been here for years, then Lord God, I pray right now that you would touch them and move upon them and do a work, God. I pray right now God, that you would use them, God, to continue to do. If there are those that are already in, in, in ministry positions, God, I pray that you, would, that you would give them the answers, the direction, the leading, the guiding, God, to do what you want them to do, God. If there are those that are, that are sensing you moving them to another place, Lord God, I pray that you would just let them listen and understand and know what you are calling them to, God. God, I pray for your power and your strength upon this church. God, I pray for your power and your touch, Lord God, upon every individual here, God. God, I pray that you would use us, God, to reach those that are in this kingdom net, God, so that we can be who you've called us to be, to do the work that you've called us to do, to say the things that you've called us to say, God. Whatever it is that we need, God, I pray that you would give us that ability. Whatever it is that we need to do, God, I pray that you give us the strength, give us the patience that we need, God. God, I pray that you would give us the right tools, God, so that we can do the work of the ministry, God, and we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Lord God. We worship you right now. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We honor you today. We magnify your name, O oh God. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. You know, I truly believe that God wants to do something amazing in our church. Amen? Amen. I've been sensing it. Each week, I've been sensing it. I truly believe that God wants to do something amazing in our community. Amen? And I believe he's going to use us, individuals here, in this community. I believe that in your workplace that God is going to use you to do some things that you've never expected or ever seen him do before. I believe that in your homes God is going to have you do some things that you've never seen or expected to do before. Amen? I believe that in your neighborhoods God is going to have you do some things that you've never expected or seen before. Amen? Because I believe that God is raising up a group of individuals to go forth and to do the work that God has called him to do. It's time that we stop sitting on the sidelines, amen? It's time that we stop sitting and watching everybody do something, but it's time that we get in the game, amen? And that's what we're going to be doing over the next several, several weeks. This year, I believe we're going to see some things that we've not ever seen. God's going to do some things, amen? I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you, whether you're here in person or you're at home, watching. I want to give you an opportunity if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That, that's the first step. It's an important step. Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You know what that means? That means every sin forgiven washed away as if it never happened. Amen. And today you recognize that you need his grace, you need his forgiveness. You need a change. 
This is not something that you can earn. It's not something that you deserve, but it's freely given to you. And that may be why you're here today or why you're watching today, and it's time to say yes. Today, by faith, give Jesus your life. If this is you, then I want you to say this prayer after me. Matter of fact, I want all of us to say this prayer. Can we bow our heads and say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I confess that I need a Savior. Today I give my heart to you. Come into my life and make me clean. I want to serve you. I give my life to you. I am no longer my own, but I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, tell somebody. Don't keep this to yourself. If you said this prayer and you, and you meant it, this is your first time maybe that you've said it, or maybe you just haven't said it in a long time and you needed a change today, then I want you to let somebody know. We want to walk with you as a church. We believe it's a spiritual journey. We want to help you on that journey. Uh, we don't believe it's a sprint. We believe it's a marathon. This is not something that just happens today and then tomorrow you're left out in the dark. We want to walk with you and we want to help you each step that you take. So it's important that you let somebody know. Amen? Amen. Lord is good. Amen? I feel like I've had church this morning. <laughs> uh, this morning I want to remind you that you can still give your offering for Compact Family Services Last week, we collected almost $200, so thank you so much for your generous giving. Uh, if, if you would like to give to that today, uh, Compact Family Services is what has also been known as Hillcrest Children's Home in Hot Springs. There's also some, I believe there's one in Missouri as well. And uh, so uh, it's adoption, it's a form of fostering and, and adoption. And so we want to bless this ministry. If you would like to give, you can just mark on your envelope, uh, Compact, and we will make sure that it goes where it needs to go. I have a few more announcements before we pray over the offering. There is youth tonight. Uh, food pantry is this Saturday at 10. If you would like to help with this ministry, you can see uh, David Lawson after service, and he can give you the details on what that entails. And uh, also men's breakfast this Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Uh, we'd love for all the men to come out and uh, eat breakfast with us. Um, I want to make one last thing. Uh, I have, uh, we, we have for the last year, we have had um, three people that we consider, you know, our on-staff members. None of our staff is, I'm the only full-time staff person here at the church. But we do, I believe that it takes a lot to operate uh, this uh, facility um, and uh, doing different things. And one thing that we have is we have some uh, volunteers or, or people that have made it a point to help in any way. We already, last year, we took on a, uh, a form, formally <laughs> took on a kids pastor, which is Maylee. She's back there every Sunday teaching our kids and ministering to our kids. And uh, even though she's young, she's learning, and I think she's doing a great job. And then uh, Duke does our youth on Sunday nights and uh, takes care of that. Kent has been doing our music for years, and uh, so we appreciate all they've done. But we've added two more to start this year. 
I feel like if you're at this level, we want to go to the next level, whatever that next level may be. And so what we've done is we've asked uh, uh, David uh, Lawson to do our outreach, and then also we've asked Bill Collins to, to be our associate pastor, helping. And I'll tell you, their roles are not really changing much, but I, I want to give them the title of pastor. And so as uh, they help us and, and continue to help us, we want to honor them. And, and so I uh, just wanted to let you know that we have done that. And uh, so if you have uh, any questions in these areas, whether it's kids or music or uh, youth uh, outreach or just in just any kind of a, a associate type roles uh, that you're wondering about, you can go to these people. You can ask them the questions, and and they should be able to help you. If they don't know the answer, just like me, there are times that I don't know the answer. You'll ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out and I'll let you know, <laughs> and they'll do the same. So you can go to those individuals. And uh, we'll be updating our uh, website over the next uh, few weeks to get that to where uh, you will see those individuals there as well. So I want to ask our ushers 